Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is brought to you by Shit You Should Care About and our new Cisco supporters. Head to the show notes to start supporting the media you love and the podcast hosts you love. Everyone's seen it, just fucking get to the point. Kia ora everyone and welcome to a much healthier edition of The Shit Show. Squish, how are you and where are you right now? I am so much better than last week. Oh my god, I almost felt bad about that. But I today am recording from the 16th floor of a casino in Lake Tahoe, which sounds way fancier than it actually is. So random. I love, I love that you're in Lake Tahoe and I love that when I think of Lake Tahoe, I think of like camping and trees and obviously a lake and you're in a casino yeah yeah um it's like right on the border of california and nevada and you can gamble in um nevada but not in california so it's quite weird it's like little little uh shops little shops little shops and then boom as soon as it goes across the state line massive big casinos i thought it was pretty funny i needed a room to record in so it worked out can you not gamble in california no random yeah yeah no i've all sorts of different funny laws but that's why las vegas is in nevada um (laughs) what is going on (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i was like playing with something in my hand i look up and it's a a wing a big scaly wing of a bug (laughs) 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 you need to go Lizzie, go go wash your hands or something. That proves that we are sitting Ooh. on the floor in our respective bedrooms. True. Oh, God. Well, Nick, last week's episode feels like a fever dream. Well, um, I mean, we did have fevers and, I don't know, it kind of felt like it was a dream. Yeah. Yeah, like, because just for everyone at home listening, I um, said to Nick, so I'm going to do an update on North Korea's COVID cases. Like, I talked about that last week, eh? And Nick was like... I don't know if you did. I can't remember. And then we went and looked back at the show notes and I did not talk about it last no. week, even though I, I feel like I have this memory of explaining it to you. But obviously I just, I wrote about it in the newsletter and that feels like I'm literally talking to people to the point where I thought that I had talked about it. I was going to say, if you're dreaming about recording the shit show with me, Luce, I think you need to get checked out because that's not good. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. There's many things that I should probably get checked out. Anyway, Nick. Um, oh, just lastly, I've got a Harry Styles listening party tonight. Oh my god, that's so I'm I am so excited for you. After seeing everything you've been through with One Direction and Harry and this, it's like, oh, keep grinding and good things will come. Yes. Stands, you can do anything. Fans, you can do anything. Anyone that tells you that Harry Styles delegitimizes your media brand, fuck them. So not true. I am so excited. So we've got one here in New Zealand and one in Australia, unfortunately, due to the COVID 
can't make the Australia one, but virtually we're going to be there and we're going to be vibing. Oh, I just cannot wait. And and Nick, all the like stands on Twitter have been so nice. I don't know if you've seen any of it. People have been. Yeah, I've I've seen a bit of it. Have you talked to any of the guests that are coming? I didn't get to. We got to select them, but we didn't get to ring them or tell them they were coming. But apparently people were screaming, people were crying. A mum won some tickets and she's <laughs> given them to her daughter. Like a boyfriend won some, he's given them to her to his girlfriend. Like real wholesome shit. Oh, that's cool. I can't wait. So obviously next week we'll do a check-in on how it all went. Absolutely. I'm excited to hear about it. Oh, I can't. I honestly can't wait. You'll hear about it in the newsletter beforehand anyway. But Nick, what was the weirdest thing... You saw on the internet this week. The weirdest thing I saw was a TikTok, and a few of you have probably seen it. And it's kind of hard to 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 give context to the TikTok without just showing it, and that's obviously very hard on a um, on an audio uh, platform. Everyone's seen it. Just fucking get to the point. Okay, it's the TikTok of what one was it? Kendall. Kendall Jenner. Yeah. Okay. Kendall Jenner chopping a cucumber, and oh my god, if you ever feel bad about your knife skills. Go and watch that TikTok and you'll feel good about yourself again because it was atrocious. It was. And like, so I have been watching the latest season of The Kardashians. And just for the record, this is my weirdest thing. I've already said this is my weirdest thing for the week too. I don't think so. I've watched the whole episode and it's like this part, Kendall comes in, Kris Jenner's sitting there. And Kris Jenner is like known to like love cooking for her family and stuff. So she knows how to cook. Kendall comes in and Chris is like, oh, do you want me to get the chef to make you a snack? And Kendall's like, no, I'll make it myself. Walks to the fridge, gets out a cucumber, starts chopping it. But it's like she's crossed her hands over and she's like chopping it as if it was like playing drums or something. Yeah, and then she like pokes the end of it to try and... I know. And Chris Jenner's face just drops and she's like, chef, can you come and make Kendall a snack? Because I swear Chris is like embarrassed, like don't... Don't let yourself be seen doing this on camera. Like, you can't even chop a cucumber. And Maybe it's just me, but I thought it was really weird how um, Chris refers to the chef as just chef. I know. Like, if they're working in your house, like, sure, you know their name. But yeah, anyway. literally. It's just rich people things. I can't relate. I Yeah, it is rich people things. But also, it's just like... You can never underestimate their PR machine, and they would have known that this went viral, would go viral. Oh, totally. So, like, they would Absolutely. fully have left it in, but it doesn't feel like something that I, or that probably Kendall, would want to be going viral. Like, it is actually quite embarrassing. Kendall, if you're listening, you're probably not, but I'd be embarrassed if I were you. <laughs> yeah, Kendall. She did reply, someone quoted her on Twitter and said, like, it's so tragic watching Kendall try to do this. And I think tragic is quite a harsh word to use against someone and Kendall quote tweeted it and just went tragic but like in this instance it kind of like there's a lot of things that I will try and see a bunch of sides to like understand better but this was actually like why do you not know how to really simply chop a cucumber? They're not even hard to chop. Anyway that's probably enough about uh, Kendall and a cucumber. (laughs) What's so funny about that? (laughs) 
No, there's probably enough about Kendall and a cucumber. Yes, because we actually have an extremely serious, we're going to head to a bit of a tone shift here, serious story to cover this week. Nick, we're going to be talking about the shooting that just happened in Buffalo. I just want to quickly put in a wee content warning here. We are going to be talking about the shooting. We are going to be talking about the reasons behind the shooting, which are just extremely racist. This guy is a white supremacist. There is no denying that. So if um, this is going to be too hard to listen to, maybe skip forward a little bit. But I would recommend if you have the energy uh, sticking around because I think we're going to have a quite a good discussion about what happened in the States this week. Nick, do you want to start us off? Yeah, I'll give a bit of background. So Last Saturday, US time, a gunman embracing a very white supremacist ideology, so like literally a white supremacist, um, opened fire at a supermarket in a black neighborhood of Buffalo, which is up in New York, um, killing 10 people and wounding three more. Um, So this mass shooting was the deadliest in the United States this year, um, and it's among a spate of Sort of, it seems like they're increasing, like racist attacks uh, in recent years. Um, it seems wild to say this mass shooting was the deadliest this year, but that's a whole other thing. Uh, the suspect, he's 18 years old. Um, he had driven over 300 kilometers to stage the attack, which is a pretty long way. Um, and he also live streamed it um, as he fired at shoppers and employees of the store. Uh, he was arrested at the store, and in a short uh, court appearance, he pleaded not guilty. Um, so the attack appears to be inspired by earlier mass shooting events, um, motivated by racial hatred, um, including obviously the horrific 2019 mosque attack, um, in New Zealand. As with the New Zealand attacker, uh, he wrote a manifesto, which is a document that outlined his, his plans were to kill as many black people as possible. He included the type of gun he wanted to use, a timeline, um, a specific parking spot at the store and where to eat ahead of time. So he, this was very planned out, like methodically planned out. He also added in there that he chose the area of the supermarket because it was home to the largest percentage of black residents near his home in New York's uh, largely white southern tier. So very, very premeditated. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's no denying, one, that this was racially motivated, two, that he was... He said he was radicalized on 4chan online because he was bored during the pandemic and that he got his, um, that he got his playbook, I guess, or he took a lot from the Christchurch uh, mass shooting event. He actually planned to do this on the 15th of March, which is the same day as the Christchurch mass shooting occurred. I don't know that. I know. So just to give, um, I loved that rundown, Nick. I thought it was really, it gave all the facts and it gave what most news sources are covering when they're doing their like initial piece on it. I went and did a bit more reading um, just to know, like I feel like if we wanted to, we could talk about a fucking mass shooting every week on the shit show almost because yeah. of how prevalent, especially racially motivated ones Um, They are in the States. But I thought I'd just add uh, a few more details to this case. So you just said that he chose um, the area of the supermarket in Buffalo because of its high black population. He actually searched um, by zip code 
to like methodically pick the area with the highest black population. He also um, used Google's like time graphs to find the busiest time that people would be at the store. So there's a really interesting intersection of how technology is being used here and how it's aiding fucking events like this. We're going to get into that a little bit more later because that's actually one of my biggest takeaways after reading. Yeah, I don't want to say what makes this event really interesting, but the fact that so much of it is attached to like being online at the moment. Yeah, and even as we'll get to really soon, um, offline, like real world things happened and they were sort of brushed under the rug and then online he was sort of bragging and talking about how he was getting away with this shit in the real world, but it's like we just needed to take the online stuff a bit more seriously and look at it because it was right there for us to see, Um, but we'll get to that in a second. So just a few more facts about um this shooter as you said before nick he did live stream it it was on twitch for about two minutes before being taken down twitch haven't actually commented on it but as with anything if it's online for even the shortest amount of time it gets circulated doesn't it yeah if it's online once it's online forever yeah absolutely he has been known his old Discord messages. For everyone that doesn't know, Discord is like an online group chat. It's real big in the Web3 world. It's very popular among gamers and just people are like these days, eh? It's quite popular. Yeah, it's like the... It's, it's basically like the online community these days. Yeah, it is. So um, surface messages from him on there have surfaced and he's just been really racist he uses slurs like it's nothing he had a racial slur on his rifle that he used when he went into the store um and going back to how it was premeditated he was actually at the store on the friday the day before the shooting he was scoping it out um an operations manager at the store actually saw him and told him to leave because he was bothering customers so apparently he was there he was posing as a beggar and he was just scoping out the scene the day before. Wow. He'd also been there in March um, planning it out as well. So like you said, Nick, there's just, there's no world where we can argue that this wasn't a seriously premeditated attack. And um, yeah, all of these details that are coming out now really do just point to that a bit more. Now, Nick, he also, like with the other terrorists or mass shooters that we've seen especially in recent years wrote a manifesto or a manifesto type document he spoke a lot about the great replacement which is the same conspiracy theory or theory that the Christchurch shooter mentioned a lot and I'm just going to give a really brief really brief rundown on what this theory is because I think it's incredibly important yeah so the The Great Replacement Theory, in really simple terms, is basically saying that being pro-immigration or putting in policies that allow non-white immigrants to live in your country um, are part of a plot designed to undermine or replace the political power and the culture of white people living in that said country. So it's saying that white people are being replaced by immigrants, people of colour, anyone who's non-white. Obviously, an extremely racist, disgusting, horrible theory. 
But I think what's even scarier is it doesn't just exist in these fringe little online echo chambers. I listened to an incredible episode of The Daily and have read a few pieces as well, which talked about the great replacement theory and how people like Tucker Carlson have been pushing this exact theory in like not and not using those terms of the great replacement but a soft version of this theory where he's saying that um, immigrants are coming in and taking power and using their votes to vote left. So, of course, the left is inviting more immigrants in and forming these policies so that immigrants will come in and, again, vote to put Democrats in power. And so people like Tucker Carlson have truly been pushing, in soft words, this theory on literally the biggest cable news show in the States. And that is really no small thing. Like, we think it's a fringe theory that's written in manifestos and only comes up when something horrific like a shooting happens. That's actually not the case. The ideologies behind this are being pushed to, like, millions of people. You can't really get much more mainstream than, like, Tucker Carlson at the moment. On Fox News. So... Just um, on that quickly, a recent poll conducted by the Associated Press Center for Public Affairs found that one in three American adults now believes a version of this replacement theory. One in three. Yeah. That's a, a hundred million people here. Yeah. And and that's, that is honestly, like, the theory is at its heart just saying that you think that white people should rule the country and... Anyone who's not white is coming in and taking away your right to rule the country. It's just fucked up. And I think just so important to note that it's not just happening in these fringe little areas. Different versions are happening. So that's a little bit on the replacement theory. Um, So you mentioned earlier that there were signs of things to come that he had posted about online and he he had fooled the um the authorities almost and i know when we spoke about ethan crumbly the 15 year old in detroit earlier this year or last year there were a lot of red flags as well so what what were these signs and can you tell us a little bit more about that yeah so sort of similar to um ethan crumbly who we did do quite a big section on last december or november i think um there were actually signs quite obvious signs that um were ignored or they were picked up and then sort of brushed away so obviously there was his online presence where he was quite overtly talking in discord and on 4chan using these means and I mean these aren't obvious places to or easy places to monitor from the outside like if you're not part of these groups yeah so I understand why it seems Like, this was obvious in hindsight, because hindsight is a beautiful thing. But it's like, there there was also an incident that happened in the real world that I think should have probably meant that his online um, shit was being monitored quite heavily. So last year, the suspect was visited by New York State Police after he did a high school project about murder-suicides. So he handed in a project that was all about murder-suicides, and there were concerns about 
mental health issues. So um, he was put into a facility. We're not sure if it was a hospital or a mental health facility, but he was only required to stay there for a day and a half. And then he was released. Um, The police were obviously like, the police and whoever was looking out for signs was obviously like, let's just let him back into the community. He is fine. That is the assumption that we can make. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But then on Discord, Nick, in January of this year, so... um. He was put into the facility last year, and then in January of this year, he wrote this. Had to go to a hospital's ER because I said the words murder-suicide to an online paper in economics class. I got out of it because I stuck with the story that I was getting out of class. I think he was meaning trying to get out of class. And I just stupidly wrote that down. That is the reason I believe I'm still able to purchase guns. It was not a joke. I wrote that down because that's what I was planning to do. So he... I mean, well, that's black and white, isn't it, there? Truly. He's gone online. He said, I fooled them. And he said, this is what I was planning to do when I wrote that. And the reason he's talking about in there, um, this is why I believe I'm still able to purchase guns, is because in 2019, New York brought in a state law, which means... um, state law called a red flag law, which allows judges to bar people who are believed to be dangerous from possessing firearms. Now, he should have been on this red flag like list of people, but the police, and they've been contacted again to confirm this, said that they didn't put him on any lists. Like After this one event where he was sent to the hospital, they didn't put him on red flag watch or stop him from being able to buy guns. So... I mean, to me, this is just really interesting because, like, we can talk about gun laws in the States all we want and how fucked up it is. But, like, in this case, there actually was an extra preventative measure, an extra gun law, red flag law in place. But, like, it didn't get followed. It didn't get used. And then the actual terrifying part is that even though they had this law in place, the suspect evaded it he bragged online about it and all the evidence was there online that's what it feels like all the like you said black and white evidence of what he was planning to do his intentions his ideologies they were sitting there online and it it was just left to turn into what it has today to what has happened yeah i don't yeah it's it's tricky because do you do you ask for more surveillance, like internet surveillance? Like that's obviously not ideal. But then, obviously, situations like this occur because um, we don't have surveillance like this. So, mm. I, it, I mean, as horrific as the situation is, I mean, and, and it really is, it's very tricky for legislators and things to to mm. let, you know make laws and rules against it, especially when things move so fast. Like Discord didn't exist a couple of years ago. So how do you? Mm, exactly. How do you? 
legislate against stuff like this. Fascinating. I think they're warmed up to maybe monitoring things like 8chan and 4chan, but then you're right, as things like Discord pop up, um, they sort of need to be like looking at it, regulating it, understanding it in some type of way. And maybe, I mean, this should have happened when he handed in that assignment at school about murder suicides. I think like legislation would be so hard to form. That's not like an excuse for why they haven't um, gotten onto it. Like this is happening. We just need to start actually making moves on it. But yes, after they saw that he handed in that assignment, they had a chance to actually jump on and look at what this guy's online present was like. Maybe they did. Like, I don't know the ins and outs, but the fact that in January it was all sort of there is really, really, like, it's the terrifying thing. It's the interesting thing. It's probably where the energy needs to be focused a little bit now. Definitely. Anyway, Nick, after the break, we might hear about something maybe slightly lighter, maybe just as important, um, but you'll hear about that soon. So here is an ad for us by us. I want to have a super quick chat to you all about Siska supporters. This is the new way that you can support what we do here at Shit You Should Care About. Because right now we're in a studio which costs money to hire with an audio engineer who we've got to pay and every week we're researching, scripting and hosting this thing for you all which takes time, resources and it costs money. You'll also notice that we're using valuable advertising space here. Space which we often leave empty because we want to make sure that we're only partnering with the best and most vibey people. So for all of these reasons, we need your support to keep doing what we do. So please, if you have $1 or if you have $100, consider becoming a Cisco supporter so that we can keep doing this for you. The link is in the show notes. We love you so much. Bye. Right, Nick, talk to, be, talk to me about McDonald's. Right. So after more than three decades in Russia, McDonald's, an icon of like the US lifestyle and capitalism, um, has put all of its Russia business up for sale as it wants to leave the, uh, the country completely. Um, so not just shutting the stores like they have been for the past couple of months, like turning the key and actually leaving. We're out. So this is, this is a pretty big deal. Like it is way bigger than just closing the restaurants because this means the decision to not operate in Russia is like final. They can't just roll the doors back open mm-hmm. when they feel like the heat is off. Um, symbolically, McDonald's is like you know the world symbol of globalism. Wherever you are in the world, a cheeseburger isn't really too far away. Um, and there have even been peace theories written about McDonald's claiming that, um, at least when it was written in 1996, that no two countries with McDonald's have ever had a war against each other. Um, so obviously, that's not the case anymore. Whoa, that is a fact and a half. And yeah. I love, um, I was just telling Nick earlier, when I wrote about this in the newsletter, I wrote about it really last minute, and I was really hoping that Nick was going to touch on the symbolism of McDonald's, which is, like you said, the pinnacle of westernization or Americanization, and like the, like, it's almost like random that it's even in Russia. It's especially interesting because of the, the whole McDonald's in Russia thing. Like, it was the first American, like, restaurant to open up after the Cold War. Um, the first one was in Red Square, which is, like, a symbol of Russian um, nationalism, really. 
so for it to come full circle like this, where now McDonald's is leaving Russia, kind of concerning, because what does it mean? Um, but very interesting. Yeah. Like, if we want to look deeper into it, what does it mean? Is there going to be even more of a, like, east to west? Like, yeah, it's like, is this the is this the end of, or the start of the end of globalism? Like, I don't know. I don't anyway, know. big picture big stuff. Big questions. Big questions, not big answers. McDonald's plans uh, to sell the whole shebang. 850 restaurants. Some of these are run by franchisees. Uh, they want to sell it to a local buyer. Um, obviously, like... <laughs> No one outside of Russia is going to touch it. Um, it will de-arch <laughs> those restaurants, meaning they will no longer use the McDonald's name, the logo, the branding. Ronald's going to have to leave. Um, some of the other characters, the Hamburglers out of there, all gone. So I've got a quick wee quote from the CEO. Um, he said, Some might argue that providing access to food and continuing to employ tens of thousands of ordinary citizens is surely the right thing to do, but it is impossible to ignore the humanitarian crisis caused by the war in Ukraine. And it is impossible to, to imagine the golden arches representing the same hope and promise that led us to enter the Russian market 32 years ago. So he does touch on like the symbolism of, um, in a yeah. statement there. But yeah, I think that was just a really interesting story. I think so too, because I love talking about complex issues, but with like the middle ground of something that we all know about. So like McDonald's being able to explain um, Russia and America or East to West sort of politics is like my favorite way to explain mm. things. And I agree, Nick. I think this story is really telling. It's bigger than what the title, you know, like says. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we both saw the title um, and you just chucked it in the newsletter. And I just sort of s- scrolled past it the first time I saw it. Yeah. But then, yeah. Like, it's like definitely. It's actually huge. I think that quote from the CEO is actually really good because obviously you don't want to be putting all the people in Russia that haven't done shit for the, like, that haven't started a war out of jobs, but then you have a bigger symbolic part to play. Yeah. And this isn't like a little decision. Like, they've got billions of dollars of assets and cash that they're basically going, they're going to lose out on this deal big time. So. For a multinational like this to make a decision like this, it takes some kahunas. So kudos to them. I mean, it's a shame the innocent Russian citizens won't be able to get McNuggets anymore, but it's a price you have to pay. Speaking of people that don't like uh, the States or actually Russia probably uh, very much, can I talk about North Korea, considering I didn't actually talk about it last week, even though I thought I did? Yes, you can. So North Korea um, have just entered a national lockdown for COVID-19 after announcing their first, in heavy quote marks, official cases of Mm COVID-19. So these cases popped up last week in Pyongyang, which is the capital of North Korea. I really, I really need to note that People that are observers and analysts of North Korea believe that the virus has actually been in the country for a very long time, but North Korea just hasn't reported on it. We all know North Korea is like closed off to the rest of the world. We only hear what state media want us to hear, and that's usually when they're testing a new missile or something like that. So even if they had COVID-19 in the country... Um, they haven't told us until now, and yeah, they're saying it's their first official cases, but I'm not sure if that's actually the case. I think it's really important to note that North Korea has not figured out a COVID-19 vaccine program. They haven't administered vaccines to their population. They have rejected offers to have AstraZeneca made available, a Chinese-made vaccine called Sinovac made available, 
um, they basically rejected offers from the international community to like try and help them. And they've said that they've controlled COVID by sealing their borders in early January of 2020. I'm not sure if they have, but whether they did or not conceal it, they've got it now. They have had a few deaths. Um, like I said before, that in a lockdown, Kim Jong-un is like stressing the fuck out. He's like ordering the military to distribute medicines. Um, but apparently, Nick, over one million cases are feared to be like found in North Korea. And like, this is actually incredibly sad because it's all well and good for us in the rest of the world to be like, we told you so, you should have accepted the help, you should have done it this way. Like, And yes, they should have vaccinated their population against it. But like, that doesn't help us now. This really sad part is like North Korea, the people that live there who's who didn't choose to not get a vaccine, they are the ones suffering. They are already like, they have poor access to healthcare North Korea won't tell us this, but they're extremely impoverished. It's like bad living conditions over there. And they're the ones that are suffering because of the decisions made by their leadership and because of the decision to turn down help from the international community. And so, like, it's not a case of being like, told you so, we're all fine and you now have one million cases. It's actually a case of, holy fuck, your decisions have left all these people now, like, seriously vulnerable and... It's, I don't know, it's just kind of sad and it makes me a bit angry. I really wish we did know more about what goes on in North Korea. I think it's, like such, especially in this, like, totally interconnected world, um, for there to be a, a part of the world that is, like, super close to South Korea, which is, like, almost a technological capital in a way, for it to be so close to there but we know nothing about, I think it's fascinating. I think it's fascinating, but I also am really... Like, I don't want to fetishize it. I'm like... Oh, yeah, totally. You know, I have read quite a few books um, about people that have escaped. And I'm just... And I used to really want to go there. But now I'm like, first of all, I wouldn't be allowed in. There's no way I would be allowed in. Yeah, they don't like people with pink hair. They don't like people with pink hair. They don't like the media. And they don't like people with big mouths. So I would not be allowed in. But I agree. For it to be so close to, like... South Korea and so close to all of us and for us to know so little about it except for like if you want to know you can find out some of the like you can assume some pretty bad things right yeah to- definitely definitely so yeah that's the um update in North Korea I'm going to keep following that because like like we only get drip fed shit right the BBC is pretty yep. good at getting their hands on stuff as soon as it drops and so I'll keep putting that in the daily newsletter but Nick Shall we do some good news? Yeah, something a little bit lighter, please. Okay. Cutest shit of my life. Meet the famous duck who ran the Long Island Marathon. Nick, I sent this to you earlier in the week. Our little brother, James, absolutely loved ducks. So every time I see ducks or anything to do with ducks, I am just drawn to them in a way that normal people probably aren't. (laughs) But... Nick, I saw... Okay, so this is Wrinkle the Duck. Wrinkle. And Wrinkle has a um Instagram called Seductive, which is such a fucking good name. That username must be worth so much. I know. Wrinkle set a one-kilometer world duck record um, of 18 minutes and eight seconds for this marathon. Um, I'm just going to read you a clip from the article. 
because yep. it's well written. In case you forgot about the famous duck Wrinkle, who made an appearance on the course at the 2021 New York Marathon, he made another appearance at the Long Island Marathon on May 7th. He ran the kids 1K marathon where Wrinkle clocked a world duck record of 18 minutes and 8 seconds. Wrinkle, who is known as seductive on Instagram, posted to his 500,000 followers that the race was a lot of fun, but hard. And he has no idea whether his time is good or bad. <laughs> Fair enough. Neither do I. Well, it's a world record, so it must be pretty good. Uh, it's a world duck record, which they did say there is no other things to lodge it against. It's the only duck record for this. Oh, uh, right. Okay. Um, they also said many fans have been speculating about the benefits of wearing webbed foot shoes. Wrinkle Sports customized booties made by his mum and dad to give him a little extra cushioning while he's out for a waddle. Oh, so he's... Got little boots. Nick, I think you need to put a photo on the shit show of this. Oh, I'll have to find I'll have to go to Seductive on Instagram and, and yes. uh, peruse some photos. Oh, wrinkle. How cute, though, is that whole story? Why didn't the duck just fly? Is that not allowed? Oh, my God, true. Well, like, who's to keep Wrinkle on the ground? Well, I don't, yeah. Is Wrinkle just well-trained? So many questions. Not enough answers. And Nick, do you have a comment of the week this week or do you not? All my my comment of the week is just seeing everybody on Twitter like amping you up about the uh, the Harry Styles listening party. Like incredible. Everyone's so excited. I know. It's so incredible. That's so it's so cute. Everyone is so cute. I love them all. My comment of the week is on my um, burger buns. Like, do you prefer the top or the bottom burger bun? And <laughs> yeah. And, like, first of all, I made it quite, like, on the nose because I captioned it top or bottom and then everyone was commenting funny things about, does this mean what I think it means? Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and I was like, I did that for engagement and I love it. Um, Plus you don't also, spill all the secrets. Oh, true. But someone just commented, I don't eat them separately. <laughs> <laughs> and I... And like it's so obvious as a as a comment, but it's so funny. Do you prefer the top or the bottom of the burger bun? Um, well, if I if I was trying to be like, I don't know, somewhat healthy, like if you can ever be healthy while eating a burger, and chose to take off one of the the carbs, I'd take off the top bun. But that just makes sense because you're taking the top off and have it like an open an open burger. Um, I don't do that fairly often. But then the top has the sesame seeds, which is much more interesting than the bottom. Um, But then I would also agree I don't really ever eat them separately. So make of that answer what you will. A terrible answer. I prefer the bottom. (laughs) Why? The bottom's just better. It's like, I don't know. It's just like a bit more dense. It's almost like an English muffin. And like I asked my flatmates and they prefer the bottom too. Well, I asked Hayden. And Hayden's just had his wisdom teeth out. So he probably doesn't know what he's saying. (laughs) Could you even understand him? Anyway, team, um, it's actually been such a pleasure today to be feeling healthy, to be talking to Squish in the States, to be talking to all of you. If you love this, you can become a Cisco supporter and make sure that we can afford to keep doing this. Or you can go and follow Squish over on the Shit Show Instagram. Um, Nick, you might put a photo of Wrinkle on there. If you're lucky, I might. And you can come and listen to me talk to you every morning. Not listen to me. 
read what I write to you every morning in the daily newsletter. Um, It's the best time ever. You should definitely come and sign up. But otherwise, we will see you from both the States and New Zealand next week. Sounds good. See you guys later. Bye. I'm an idiot. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.